0: Hello, freak bitches. Welcome to another episode of the Bro Jogan Experience. And on this episode, I welcome my friend who's difficult to describe. I'm fascinated by him and I hope you'll be too. And he is weird and brilliant and sometimes totally insufferable. (laughs) I'm gonna jump ahead just a little bit because the the intro goes on for a bit. (laughs) (laughs) It's always good to see you, buddy. I'm so happy you came on, man.
1: Yeah, it's great to be on the show. Your audience is just so different from your normal Apple users, and that's a good thing. It's cool.
0: Well, you know, I was an Apple user way before I did this show. I've been a fan of yours and Macintosh since the 1980s. Hmm. Ha ha ha. Well, you know, we just kind of figured that out. Even though Apple is big, it's still like half a percent of the total users. People who listen to your show are a different group. They're weird. Ha ha ha. Well, that's good. So you must be a fan of the show then, right? I am. I am a fan. I mean, it's nice to sit back in the car and listen to you rant.
1: <laughs> I've always liked
0: you. Well, uh, appreciate that. What do you think of that?
1: What is what is your takeaway from that crazy clip? Something feels wrong and I can't quite pinpoint it. Well, and one thing that's wrong is that Joe Rogan
0: never interviewed Steve Jobs. Yeah,
1: yeah that's obvious. But I, I'm trying to think of it from the perspective of what if, you know, and and... I heard some weird compression artifacts in there that really gave it away for me. Yeah. It's like the speech wasn't consistent between words. Right. Uh, That kind of gave it away. And it didn't sound like Jobs to me. I I don't know if there's something about the cadence of his speech or like even the quality of it. It was totally off for me. There's parts that
0: kind of sound like Jobs. But uh, so this is you can listen to the entire thing. It's a 19 minute interview over at podcast.ai and the entire 19 minutes is generated by artificial intelligence
1: what about the script
0: i wonder uh i think if you dig into it they'd probably tell you they they're actually talking they're taking suggestions and and uh,
1: topics for future ones because it was that the the conversational quality was kind of awkward you know what it made bizarre. me think of your I, I,
0: my concern is is like are our day's number i mean you point this thing at the jb back catalog you could probably just generate future episodes
1: you know what i mean would they be better
0: i don't know but maybe we could take a week off (laughs) it's office hours with me chris oh hello everyone we're back in the studio brent's here hey brent hey mumble room's here too hey mumble room Hello, I
1: was not to like this time, I hope. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we just have a few folks in there and in the quiet listening join us on a Tuesday at noon. Brent, you're still here. Yeah, somehow I'm still here. <laughs> uh, is today the last day? Are we taking bets? According to my schedule,
1: because I happened yeah. to check it this morning, first time in a few weeks, apparently I'm supposed to leave tomorrow. <laughs> well you got another trip to get to as well don't you it's true i am getting home hanging out with the furry pets my brother's pets and mine because he's doing a small trip and then a few days later he and i are driving across canada that's a long drive uh, I mean,
0: what you didn't get enough road trips it's like three days if you do it well really how is that possible
1: two drivers ah uh-huh. right yeah T- two drivers no oh, that's RV. gonna be intense And we're not going across the entire thing. You know, we're starting in the eastern end of BC. So we're starting at one end of one of the provinces and we're driving to northern Ontario, which is not, we're we're maybe doing a third of the country, I would say. You're like, you're just a road trip pro now. It's no big, third of the country, it's no big. Whatever. Uh, We're going to hang out with some family and stuff and uh, pick up two and a half of my motorcycles that I have there and bring them back. And then not too long after that, you may be
0: off to uh, another event too. (laughs) I almost forgot
1: about that. Yeah. A yeah, uh, cross-much-water m- event? I think that's all we can say at this point. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll we'll leave it at that. We'll leave it at that
0: for now. And while you're gone, we'll just have that uh, podcast.ai bot stand in. Oh, thanks. So we'll just have it. You know, and what's great is we uh, we have all of your tracks individually, so we'll just have Drew bundle it all up and feed it to that thing, and then it can just generate a Brent co-host while you're traveling. Okay. Problem solved, right? Yeah. Now we just need a way to generate the
1: video version
0: of you for jupiter tube i don't know how we're going to solve that
1: that sounds a little more difficult actually especially if you need it to lip sync with the
0: yeah maybe we could maybe we could just have someone like just do that thing where we just kind of cut your lips out we just have somebody sitting there
1: (laughs) upside down like (laughs) uh...
0: (laughs) try their best to match the ai generated speech (laughs) should be fine should be fine yeah so you're not going to get any rest Are you going to get some downtime while your brother's traveling, I suppose?
1: Yeah, I guess I got two days there somewhere, but I'm also needing to repack, you know, laundry. And I I have to start thinking about firewood for the winter because that's my Mm. main method of heating my space. And I got to say with the trips this year, I've not spent much, much attention on that. Actually, Alex was figuring it out when we saw him in California and he discovered because I don't know. He's interested in my life, perhaps. He discovered that I've been in the US more this year than I've been in Canada. And we're slowly converting. I think it's true.
0: Yeah, we're going to make you a native eventually. Well, I mean, I've pretty much worked out all the A's and the boots. Yeah, you know, we've pretty much gotten rid of all those. <laughs> I noticed you saying some of them earlier. <laughs> well, I'm just trying to help you. Oh, thanks. Make you feel at home, you know? So I'm just curious uh, what are your impressions from the last few weeks? It was a bit hectic. Was it, was it crazier? Than you were expecting? Was it more kind of just always things happening? Or was it about what you were coming in with in terms of just how much we've been doing really since you got here?
1: Yeah, really. I think it's actually, I had last year's trip to work with. I think had I gone into this year and not had that experience, it would have been uh, easily overwhelming. Last year we did great. I think we had a more relaxed schedule, would you say?
0: I would say we probably had more time in places, you know, like we spent, it felt like a week in Salt Lake City or four or five days at least. Yeah,
1: and, that was nice.
0: Yeah. Which was not the case this time.
1: I love how you thought this was going to be the easy trip, but it turned out <laughs> a little different a than different. The trip our was our so hard that I
0: swore I'd never do this again. That's how bad it was. <laughs> a guy who lives full time in an RV swore he'd never do another road trip like this again. I'm done. Yeah, it was a lot harder than I expected. And I think more grueling. And I think in part because I haven't road tripped as much. So like you don't just like, I guess you don't just like pick right up and do seven hour drive days. Like it's no big deal. I guess you kind of have to work your way to it. And I think towards the road, towards the end of the road trip, I was actually, my stamina was building again. Just, it was a little more exhausting. So I drove the RV the entire time and you and Hadia traded off on the car. And so we'd get to somewhere and, it, and I had just been driving all day long. So I just was always kind of behind on energy and a, a little more exhausted. And then when we weren't driving, as you know, it was always a show day. And often it meant that show prep had to happen after like seven hours of driving, um, which no, was not also ideal in any way. Right? <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> and our schedule at the best of case, like when you're here in studio and everything's working well and your home is home and not in the RV repair shop or, or on the road, even that schedule is a little tight, right? You, you've been doing it for a long time, but so there's this rhythm and I think throwing you on the road with all of the uh, mysteries that are what could happen on the road really adds to the tension there. And, yeah. and like you said, if you're driving for seven hours, You can't really work on shows like or do business stuff. Oh, fair enough. And
0: it was the end of a quarter, beginning of a quarter, which is just not Mm -hmm. a great time for a business owner to be on the road. So I was having to deal with that stuff and not always successfully. That was just a matter of timing. You know, I think the one thing we timed well was the weather was very tolerable the entire time. And we really, I think, timed the bottom of gas prices, Mm. you know, because they were coming back up as we were returning home and they've continued to go up as we've been home. So I think, you know, that was the intention of when we timed this was let's not fry ourselves and let's not bankrupt ourselves on gas. We did accomplish those two things, but what I didn't think about is let's not do it at the end of a quarter, beginning of a quarter. That's a business thing you just got to think of. And then what happened was we had technical challenges back here at home base, back here at the studio while we were down in California. We had failures here. And that created all kinds of disruption that just sort of threw everything in the entire manufacturing pipeline out of whack it was like a domino effect that happened and it started really kind of minor stuff you know things went okay for the most part but like just small thing like our our recording gear didn't work at one of the meetups
1: it seemed Uh, like a small thing i'm taking full blame on that one (laughs) but it's it's one of those concepts which is you know we bought a new recorder which is the same recorder we've used for years and just grabbed an SD card the morning that we took off and, uh, never really tested it. And that broke one of my sort of cardinal rules, which is test absolutely everything, even if you think it's going to be totally fine. And I was like, nah, we're good. Like we've used this this a million times. And that was the beginning of that mistake, I think. And, uh, we got to the event and had some SD card errors and it was the only SD card we had on hand, which is also a thing, no backups. I, Have a bunch of SD cards, but I had left them in the RV. Yeah, we were at the meetup when we discovered the SD card issue. Yeah, we were at the meetup, and so I couldn't get any audio with our recorder, which was kind of sad because those little interviews that I get to do with with fans are really fun. Um, Yeah, you did a few on your phone, which was surprisingly good considering the space. But it's not Not the same. same. No, no. And I think (laughs) it was a bit of foreshadowing, wasn't it?
0: And you know, you said something there that I realized also is we didn't properly get to test all the different production. Like each show has a slightly different production line because they have different aspects to them or the different co hosts. Yeah, yeah, different requirements. And uh we didn't test all of them before we left because again, time.
1: Well, you would really have to do at least a week's worth of shows yeah. from the RV pretending that the studio isn't available to you before we even left, which yeah. is just not possible. There just wasn't
0: time. I mean, we were leaving under such a tight timeline. So You know, that was our bad. We didn't get a proper, we didn't get a proper pre-show, pre-flight test in. And so we just kind of didn't expect problems because in fact, one show like Coda Radio went just fine. Linux Action News went fine on the road. Then Self-Hosted 80 came around and it was one of those problems where we were having an audio issue where the audio just sounded squelchy and clippy and... Also, too quiet at the same time. That was the audio going out in the live stream. But nowhere in any point where we could monitor, not anywhere in the studio or in my headphones, could we hear it. It turned out to be an issue with how our jack processing was processing the signal from the RV. But there was no visual indicator. None of the VU meters showed it. And of course, when you're operating a studio remotely, which we were for self-hosted, it was streaming through the studio. There was no visual indication of any problems, So we didn't know anything was wrong until we were live. And people were like,
1: hey, you guys don't sound very good. And we're like, oh, what? And it wasn't even the Barry White thing, which we're used to. Yeah, you know, no. That it was, hasn't showed up in a little bit. It just but, was unusable. Well, and the thing that grabbed me was it's an issue in the studio that we've never run into before. Yeah. Of course. Right. Yeah, And so it wasn't like the road gear that we hadn't tested in a year or whatever. It was... The setup that gets used multiple times a week.
0: And, and this is, yeah, we had, we had an edge case.
1: And no real explanation yet as to why that happened. We tried to We have to theories. Yeah.
0: yeah. Right. We have theories, but we haven't been able to fully reproduce that one. And then when we were attempting to troubleshoot that, uh, I use a tool called Rust Desk. One word, Rust Desk.
1: Frickin' great. It is great. I R- really well, loved it, too.
0: Remote desktop tool for the win. Like, total team viewer killer. And I rust desk into the studio machines to get things going. And I rust desked it into the Reaper machine where we used to record and I could manage the mixer through some software. I had uh, X; it's called the X32 edit software. So I had that up and I'm working on things. I'm trying to figure out what's going on with our self hosted audio. Is there something wrong on the mixers or some levels that are off. And I launch the app and I import the settings from the mixer. And as it's loading, the entire machine locks up and I drop my remote connection. One of the most vital machines in the entire recording chain, it locks up, and I lost communication with it for uh, for like a week. I just until Wes was able to get up here and actually uh, kick it for me, um, and that really hobbled our remote production. That started a whole set so series of series on series on workarounds, like workaround on top of workaround.
1: Well, and it meant you had to kind of change your expectations and the gear that you were using. In the RV as well. Yeah. Like you, you kind of struggled with having to reorganize
0: it. Oh, yeah. I had to kind of, because we had to work around the machine where, where we brought in the audio. The machine that was responsible for bringing the remote audio. I had to completely bypass it remotely. It meant we couldn't do self-hosted live. It was just all these things that we had to sort out. And then it really was a knock-on effect from there. there was the, the, in attempting to build all the workarounds to fix that, other things broke. Ironically, you know, Coder always went pretty well. Like I always, Coder managed to go fine for the most part. Uh, did them all live even.
1: Didn't have to do one of them off layer. Um, LAN went fine. Well, I see a pattern here. Every time I'm in the room. <laughs> There's something to that.
0: And then we had other issues. An app updated that uh, we didn't realize it updated, and it no longer let you set the in and out audio interfaces. Right.
1: <laughs> oh, my, I forgot about that. And that was
0: just random. Another issue was at one point one of the services we use for VoIP, like one of the backup ones that we go to when we're having problems, they were having their own outage, and at first we weren't sure if it was us or them. Like That kind of stuff was happening while we were trying to record. And then we had the absolute hardest Linux Unplugged ever, where... After the Pasadena meetup and the JPL tour, Wes flew back home to fix the studio and he got everything up and running. You and I connected in from the RV back. uh, We were in Sacramento at that point. And I'm thinking this is going to be easy. It seemed like everything was. This is the one. Yeah. Finally, we're going to have an easy one. Wes is in studio. He can fix the crash machine. He can run the board. We've got Ethernet from Jeff. You know, he's hooked us up with power. We're comfortable. We've got power. We've got solid internet. We've got Wes back at uh, at the HQ running the board. This is going to be the easy one. And whatever, whatever that was, so wrong because we ended up having these horrible <laughs> echo issues between each other that is still sometimes in here. We have to solve. And again, I actually believe we thought it was at the RV because that seemed the most logical place for it to be happening. But now I'm actually suspecting it's here in the studio. Well, you ran into it. Yesterday, yesterday morning with Coder. And I had to switch to a back of body interface.
1: And that's what the second thing in the studio that seems like a mystery that we've never run into before that yeah. the studio setup hadn't really changed. Either. No, we so, don't. No, no. Uh we'll have to trace that one down, no. I think.
0: Yeah. So that's a lot of fun. And we have three machines in here that were built around 2017, 2018. And they're just getting old. And they run what? 24-7. And the reason for that is because when I when I did turn them on and off. The, the failure rate was even higher. So, and, you know, like we, it's, things change. Um, so yeah, it's sort of like one of those problems that we're going to have to sort out in part with some new hardware, but also just like recheck our audio chain and work through all that. But I think what I decided is no more. Just, we've never nailed it. You know, like I thought this was the road trip. We were going to nail it and it was going to be a by the numbers road trip. We're going up and down I five. It should be simple. We're not going any further than Sacramento. We're going to have solid ethernet set up. We're going to have power. This is going to be the easy one. In fact, maybe I picked one that was too easy. It was actually what I was thinking before the road trip. You crazy man. I know. And now afterwards, I'm like, I'm never doing that again. And I'm going to rethink how we do remote shows. And I think what I want to do instead is I want to switch to doing shows at venues where ideally we'd have a, a, a low ticket price that just enough to cover our operational costs to get us out there and do the show and cover hotel or whatever we'd have to do or gas if I drive it. And we just do shows at venues that would, you know, let some lousy podcasters in. And then afterwards, we do the meet and greet, we do the food and drink, but uh, everybody gets a chance to talk to us if they want. We walk away with show content that's been produced, and then we, because what what we do right now is the exact freaking opposite. We we travel, we spend days traveling, we set up a meetup, we meet up with somewhere between thirty and a hundred people, maybe if we're lucky, two hundred people, and then we you know, we go all out, we party for like five hours with these, with these folks. And then we go home exhausted, probably hung over. And then we have to do a show the next day. And it's like, well, what we just, we just did all the traveling. We just did all the meetup stuff. We just spent five hours doing stuff and we don't have a show. And by the way, when did we work on the show? It's crazy. Right. And so we are, we're constantly running full speed because we know this enough that we know like, okay, we need to be working on a show we got so we, we're working on meetups, working on shows, we're doing travel days, we're doing it all together, and it's just crazy when instead we could go to a venue, we could have the meetup, we could produce a show, we could have an easy way to meet and greet, so everybody who comes out has an opportunity to say hi because sometimes people travel for like 25 hours and they don't even get a chance to say hi because it's just kind of a you know everybody's just hanging out chatting. I don't know i I, I haven't fully figured it out yet. I think in part, we were doing this because there were no events there was no yeah. linux fest for us to go to
1: right well i feel like when we did it in denver that was like the very beginning of any events happening yeah and is probably partly responsible for the great amazing turnouts that we had as well and it it felt like back then that was exactly the thing to do yeah and okay we struggled and, and then actually the funny thing is everything we struggled with on that trip we solved on this trip and never had issues with oh, yeah. like internet et cetera.
0: yeah yeah i know um, i know
1: we Solve it, and it's a whole new set of problems every mm-hmm, trip. Mm-hmm. And, and we did pre-records as well, right? And even then, so yeah, uh, I feel like another advantage to doing this idea that you have of doing live on-the-road shows is that actually, as a fan, it's really fun to see the production happening. I know we have Peer Tube, Jupiter Tube, and uh, that's kind of neat, but to see it in person and to see all the moving parts and stuff is actually part of the attraction. And so, we've had listeners want to you know, come to the studio and or even be in Joops when we're doing some recordings. And that's just sometimes not possible, right, with the yeah. how much we're juggling. So I think actually doing a live show sounds, sounds like a lot of fun from both angles, from yeah, ours thought, and from listeners. I hadn't thought about listeners.
0: Yeah, it is kind of a behind the scenes thing, too, mm-hmm. isn't it? And I imagine now, I hope going into 2023, I hope that more of our community events are back and those might be possible venues we could do shows at as well. And so we don't really need to be creating the venue and the show and the event so much maybe now. And instead we can kind of go to ones that are being organized by the community or maybe people in our community, in our audience know of venues in their area that would be amenable to some lousy podcasters coming in there and talking about geeky Linux stuff. And then maybe, uh, you know, the two to put together is some sort of new formula we come up with for getting out there and seeing people and doing shows on the road and keeping it interesting for us. Helping us reconnect with the audience, which keeps us grounded and also keeps us energized without having to kill ourselves on these road trips. And then, you know, for me personally, too, it just puts a ton of wear and tear on my RV that uh, I pay for out of pocket personally for years because, you know, you damage something on one road trip and it breaks six months later. You know, who pays for that? I do. Right. And so there's an element of that as well. It's like, well, do I really want to put all this wear and tear on my personal home? for for this when you know maybe there's a smarter way to do it i personally prefer to travel that way Uh, you know i prefer to have my workspace i prefer to have my bed my bathroom Uh, i've heard from listeners who have worked in hotels and i have heard some awful horror stories about hotels and it makes me never want to stay in a hotel (laughs) so we'll see but you know sometimes it
1: does seem like it would be a better way to go and i think we should be careful like uh, i don't want this whole conversation to feel debian downer or anything debian downer uh, that's adorable that <laughs> dude <laughs> um, <laughs> uh because actually we had an amazing time at every meetup that we went to um and occasionally you know the morning of we're like oh we're so kind of beat that you know do we really feel like doing a meetup right now but then we get there and it was like th- that, that was the best part of the trip for me oh yeah every meetup was absolutely great and like way outdid expectations and everybody was amazing. And, and like you're drinking out of a cup that everybody signed right now, uh, just as a a memory. And I got one here too. Yeah. Um, which has been amazing. It really, it was, it was really great.
0: And honestly, like by the time we got to Portland, I was ready to quit podcasting. I was ready to quit RVing. I was ready to just quit. I was done. And, and the, and the drive through Portland was brutally grindy. It was just horrible traffic. And then the meetup just flipped it all around for right. me.
1: Yeah. And so I, I, I feel like, yeah, the meetups are totally worth it. We ran into a heck of a lot of trouble in other areas having to do with the shows that we do every week, which is hilarious. And Lady Jups was fine too, which is yeah. a good thing.
0: We had zero mechanical issues in either vehicles because we also took a chase car. No car problems, right. no Jups problems. Jups executed and functioned 100%.
1: And no like near accidents. I remember last year we had a close call. And uh, so from that perspective, like a lot of stuff worked, but the stuff that didn't work just sometimes shadowed some of our, our, our emotions about yeah. the whole trip.
0: Well, and there's, I think there's an element to like, I mean, this sounds weird, but if you get an accident, there's almost this like, well, what can you do? What could you do? Well, right?
1: I've been there, done that. <laughs>
0: right. It's like, it really sucks, especially when it's your home. But like, what can you do? But when you have technical failures Mm. and gear failures and application failures, it feels like, well, we could have prevented that.
1: Did it eat at you in a way like that while it was happening? Like, shit, I should have did better or because I feel like partly uh, with all the software updates and like random things, sometimes it's out of our control.
0: I definitely wish we could have tested more. I think what really was rough about it just from like a psychological standpoint was a lot of the technical issues struck after we were already live. So then it's like, okay, you're live. You don't want to leave dead air, but you also are trying to visualize a virtual studio because the RV is a virtual studio. You've got to visualize the entire wiring of a mixer in a virtual studio in your head. And then also because I'm not here in this studio, I also need to visualize the entire in and out layout of this studio, how it all works, where in that layout this problem could potentially be. Keep all of that state in my head troubleshoot it while also trying to like play music or chat with the chat room or just keep conversation going which is great when you or wes are there and you can help with that but and then also there's just this pressure of well the longer this is a problem the longer people have to wait and that gets that gets to be kind of old i have to say and when it's every single live stream for two weeks in a row you start to get like god i'm just sick and tired of doing this
1: you know if you were uh Maybe in the metaverse, you could trace your, trace your lines on your virtual uh, mixer there.
0: <laughs> I think the other thing that wasn't related to show production, but did kind of tilt things towards like, this has been an awful road trip. It was an awful road trip punctuated with a lot of great stuff like Jeff and his setup and his hospitality and Brittany's hospitality was just absolutely legendary. Easily. Easily. Uh, The meetups were just incredible, rejuvenating, motivating. And then JPL, the tour of JPL was something I'll remember for the rest of my life and would like to go back every few years and do again. Right. So like hard road trip punctuated with a lot of greatness here and there. And so it's a weird mix. But one thing I think that tilted it for me towards the negative, and it's still an issue today, is my home server that runs the heating, the lighting the security system, the camera system and parts of, you know, the network, it died. And um, man, was that bad timing, just well, really bad timing. When did it
1: die? And oh, I know when it died.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, well, well it died while we were in Pasadena at, of the, course.
1: at the Airbnb. Everything was dying where we weren't.
0: Yeah, you're right. It was remote failures every single time. And it was just one evening at the at the Airbnb. I, I wasn't able to get pull up home assistant and check on jupes anymore and then my backup recovery strategy my data's fine but i had like this pi i could swap in that didn't work you know because i never tested that (laughs) great idea bad execution and so this was weeks ago now two weeks ago that this died and we still haven't had five minutes to plug an hdmi monitor in and see what's wrong with that pi
1: well and to make it worse we had to tear out the entire setup out of your rv yesterday yeah before we even got a chance
0: to troubleshoot it we ripped it all out because i'm finally getting my living room slide fixed and they are completely taking apart the entire slide because they're removing the floor
1: (laughs) that's so crazy
0: and so the server had to come out
1: they're taking like one of the four walls out of your home
0: yeah and then rebuilding one of the floors Mm -hmm. in our living room and so the uh, pie had to come out and so we have it here in a box but I'm just gonna rebuild it. My home assistant yellow came in and I've got an idea. I'm honestly I'm really tempted to get a NUC. Maybe like an I five or an I3 NUC with maybe sixteen gigs of RAM, something that supports quick sync. Um, you get the right NUC and they only pull under load like 15 watts.
1: Yeah, I think we we did touch on this in the last self hosted mm-hmm. if you want to hear more about it, right?
0: Yep. And I think I'm gonna get one with uh Thunderbolt, I think is the way to go on that. We'll see. We shall see. But I want to take a moment and I want to thank Linode for making the road trip possible, for supporting us, for just being crazy like that and investing in community. Linode.com slash Jupiter. Go there to get $100 in credit for a 60-day account, for 60 days on a new account, and go there to support the show. Also, if you're learning, Linode has a lot of really great resources. This is an area I don't focus on a lot in the other shows, but it's something I think maybe I'd like to let you guys know about. If you're curious about Kubernetes, or learning just things like infrastructure as code in general, maybe Terraform, Ansible, Puppet, Chef, or Salt, they have an infrastructure as code ebook series. It's about 200 pages. Each tool is covered as a standalone project. You learn a little bit about them. You get a little, a little uh, kind of overview on how to work it all with Docker and how to use GitHub and work with all of these tools. It's free. I don't even think you, I don't even think you have to give me your email address. Let me go look. And I don't even think Linode asks for your email address. I think it just, they just let you download the ebook. Yep. Instant download. 13 megs. You don't even have to give them your email address. And then you get a great, great walkthrough on this stuff. They have so much documentation over here. Learn K8's labs. Cloud simplified. There's all kinds of stuff over here, including video series too. Linux beginner video series. They also have one-click deployments. So if you've never really deployed a server before... <laughs> It's so easy. And they make it, they've just updated their marketplace UI to make it super clear what's new, what's hot. So go try that. And if you want to do something like a little more advanced, well, you can go crazy like we did. They'll give you documentation on how to build it up from the metal. We've got a Nix box running on Linode. And I have this crazy VPN conglomerate box that's made by a PepWave for my mobile router. And it's their own custom Linux distro. And Linode makes it possible for me to even load that. And then they have S3 object storage. They have a fantastic interface, an API for days that makes it really easy to integrate, take snapshots, use a command line tool. Go see why over a million customers worldwide love Linode. Some of my friends have been using it for a decade. I've been using it for nearly three years. And they have some of the best performance and some of the best pricing. Linode.com slash Jupyter. That's where you go to get $100 and 60-day credit on a new account. And it's a great way to support the show. Lino.com slash jupiter and i will put a link to that infrastructure as code ebook in the show notes in the nizzles so that way uh you can go grab that and you can learn a kate yourself on that that's some good stuff right there you know about learning kate and brent
1: i'm starting to learn a kate
0: about it hey what have we learned to kate about our website because while you and i were on the road work continued on And the community has just been really, really sticking with it and producing some really great features, some great fixes, some nice tidying up. I mean, there's a lot we could talk about here. So where do you want to go? What do you want to focus on today?
1: Yeah, I feel like it's been a big week, both because I've been away from the website work in Mm -hmm. a way that at first I was really worried about. uh, And we touched on this in the last office hours. But actually, now that I'm having the chance to reflect on it. I feel is actually a huge success story. Oh, okay. Hold on. Zoom in on that for a second. Zo- Zoom in and hands on that, Brantley. Mm-hmm. So I was worried that maybe the momentum would kind of start to slow because I've been in there, you know, um, let's say helping people accomplish amazing things. I'm not the one doing the amazing things. I'm just kind of nudging. And so I was kind of worried that us being on the road meant that I could spend less time doing that. And that would mean people would be less excited about contributing. But actually it's been the total opposite. Um, The community even (laughs) gave me (laughs) for trying to test PRs while sitting in (laughs) the front of Lady Jukes, bouncing around (laughs) the I-5 because they're like, dude. You're busy on the road. Like, <laughs> let's do this when you get back. I
0: mean, there is something <laughs> awesome about working on the website while going down the road, right?
1: Right. Well, that was my only opportunity to really check in. And uh, you've got a pretty nice work area there. But it's it's very tricky as things are jumping and bouncing around. But um, so I feel like, A, thank you for taking care of me, everyone, while I was on the trip and, and making sure I'm a little bit more sane and not trying to push myself too hard. But also just for taking the helm while I was gone. And I promoted CG Bass Player this week to having some access to do some triage and things like that. Congratulations, Bass Player. Yeah, they've been amazing at uh, submitting some pretty great PRs in the last, I don't know, a month or two even. And I just thought, geez, there's some great people uh, who I've built a lot of trust with. And they've been just helping organize everything along with everyone else who's already been doing that. So thank you for making my job a little bit easier. But what that's also meant is that there's some really amazing PRs that have come in in the last week, and they aren't quite, I would say they're not quite merged yet. I was struggling this morning because I was like, we got to get these merged. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Office hours creates a deadline. You're right. Uh, Elray helped me walk off the ledge there because actually we don't want to hurry PRs to to talk about them. What we want is actually great PRs. And what's happening is that one of them in specific is to automate the sponsors page. I made a sponsors page back in, I don't know, a month or two ago when we were first going live because I thought, well, a good function is to... Be able to go to our website when you're trying to sign up for, you know, Linode or something like that and, and to get the URL. We mentioned them in the shows all the time and you can go to the show notes and sometimes get them. But sure. that's not always true. And having yeah. them all in one place is actually one really spot. great, right?
0: And if you also think about this website as a platform that other podcasters could adopt one day, that's a feature other podcasters would want, too.
1: That's a very good point. So I was like a monkey creating this sponsors page just with text. from you know i was copy and pasting because i i don't know what i'm doing and that was good enough for version one our first milestone of the website when it went live and it looked fine Um, but here's what i love is that i came around and i was like geez we haven't updated that updated that in a while and so i made a few updates you know we have some new sponsors or new links and descriptions and stuff like that so i threw them in there but just in my pr which was just text updated text i wrote we shouldn't do this like this again (laughs) We should, we should automate this because we've been talking about automating it. And sure enough, the next day, Chance wrote up a PR to automate the whole thing. And there's been a lot of discussions and like improvements and back and forth between community members on improving that initial PR. And I think that's the real, that's exactly what we want. It's like not quick PRs to be submitted to the website to add functionality, but this like constructive building of this amazing uh, modular piece of technology that we're going to throw at the website and then it'll be solid. So I feel like it's maybe, you know, a day or two away from being uh, merged into our production, but it's still super exciting. So I wanted to mention it.
0: That is a really cool thing. You know, people are looking at accessibility. People caught some bad links for like my, my referral to fountain. There's just little things to big things. Right. And it's stuff that. We just as a team don't put a lot of focus on because just culturally we haven't really built that, that muscle, but we're bringing in what feels like a team of people who are thinking about those things that we don't catch. Little stuff that we just don't catch sometimes because we're moving on to the next thing all the time.
1: And I think that was your real insight in, in wanting to make the website an open source project, was that the listeners have a very different perspective of even just our website yeah. than we do. Yeah, yeah. And... You know, we don't, I've been trying to use the website as much as possible to find those little errors in it, but we don't always, you know, go to our own website to use it. We, we have the back channels that create the content that make it to the website. Right. And so the listeners have been amazing at catching those things like you mentioned. Yeah.
0: I love that part of it. So, um, we have more to talk about the website, I think when we get to the boost, but I did note that there is a JB and a Hacktoberfest uh, thread. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Good catch. I heard a bunch of listeners in the last, I would say, three weeks suggest that we should participate in Hacktoberfest. Now, you and I were on the road and I was like, oh, that sounds interesting. I actually am not that familiar with it, so I'll have to add that to the queue of things I need to look into. But it came up over and over and over. And Reese was kind enough to write an issue about it and said, hey, we should just do this. Here's how you do it. It's pretty easy. So it turns out, Chris, have you heard of Hacktoberfest before? I think I'm
0: familiar with at least what it used to be. I'm not sure if I'm familiar with its current iteration, but I think it's a DigitalOcean-originated idea, but kind of is just kind of the, I think the idea is to, Encourage people to participate in open source and there's a way you can kind of show that you've done that and you then can get some stuff from them or you could get some stuff from them. That's about as much as I remember. How am I doing? <laughs> I think you're doing great. Okay. Yeah. That's the whole,
1: that's the whole, uh, the pitch right there. I think you hit it. You nailed it. Um, <laughs> it is a digital ocean, um, okay. uh, initiative and it turns out it's been happening for nine years. Yeah. yeah. That really caught me. And, uh, their website is actually super fun to, to browse and has a bit of that you know, digital ocean playfulness uh, that we've seen from time to time.
0: Now they've taken the spam issues seriously. I think that's probably where people, if they have any kind of negative association with Hacktoberfest, it's probably that there was a period of time where it seemed to be like just generating random spam contributions just so you could enter into the Hacktoberfest drawings or whatever they are. But I think that they've addressed that with some of their measures.
1: Yeah. So the idea with Hacktoberfest for us, at least in this project, which is focusing on our website is to maybe push us to work a little bit harder to get some contributions in Um, for those who have been maybe thinking of participating, but haven't quite jumped in. Now's a great time. But for us on the maintainership side is just to look at our, you know, hundred plus issues that we have and to sort them in a way that maybe, are easier to solve. Some of them are pretty nebulous in their description. So I've been going through and trying to make them a little bit more well-defined so that someone can say, okay, I'm going to work on this issue and it's very well-defined. I just need to walk through the steps. So I've been working a little bit on um, housekeeping, shall we say? <laughs> and so if you are thinking of participating, there's a few steps and it's actually really easy. So uh, you just need to register. isn't com. Chris, can you check that for me?
0: It is hacktoberfest.com.
1: So you just need to register anytime before October 31, make some pull requests to our project or any other Hacktoberfest linked topic on GitHub or GitLab as well, and have one of your PRs, actually it's four of your PRs, uh, merged. Oh,
0: okay.
1: So it's kind of like a sign of success, I guess.
0: I see. And they need to be tagged as well with Hacktoberfest.
1: Yeah. So that's where I come in is um, I've been, I created... Some tags, Hacktoberfest tag, and there also needs to be a Hacktoberfest-accepted tag. So I'm going to be pretty diligent on trying to make sure that those who are participating uh, get the right tags so that they can, you know, get the recognition for their work.
0: I mean, I think what I like about this is the range is pretty, pretty wide. Like if you don't really have a lot of skills, we have some issues that are like fix a bad URL. Yeah, Yeah. you know how to make a right, a good URL. You could probably do this, right?
1: (laughs) And I think that's the real uh, benefit here is that there's a ton of different ways to contribute. And so if you don't know how Hugo works, like me, then there are a bunch of different ways you can help us out. And I've been trying to use issues as a way of tracking those different tasks. Some of them are just like, hey, we need these links to be external links and here's how you do it. We just don't have time to do it. So if someone wants to just sit down for an hour and do that, Or even less. So we will link to our Hacktoberfest tagged issues. I think I have maybe at least a, a good handful. I spent late last night while we were walking, watching Rick and Morty oh, okay, drinking nice. out of this this um, cup here. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the signed cup from our Portland this meetup. There's
0: something nice about that. Meetup, meetup cups. Right. On the of one. A little bit of wine. A little bit of website work. A little bit of Rick and Morty. It was fun.
1: And so I did tag a bunch of them. I will keep trying to add more. And if any listeners have other ideas for topics uh, that can be solved in this Hacktoberfest, what would you call it? Um, window of time? Yeah. We, yeah. We, we will try hard to push to make a lot of contributions in this time. So if you want to participate, it's actually pretty easy. We've got some links to doing that, and uh, we'd love to get you to participate. So thank you.
0: Yeah, the period of festing is now. Uh, you must participate during the fest window. Um, and before we completely move off the website, I just I noted that you had a couple of notable PRs in here, and one from Elri about uh, deploying previews. This is such a great example of how amazing our community is. Like when you hear us talking about this and you're like, what are these guys really tangibly talking about? We'll put a link to this PR request, number 456, in the show notes, just so you can see just how incredible this conversation is and the people working on this are. So, so, so great. Really, I, I mean, I feel like every week Already just comes in with something really awesome.
1: <laughs> I'm I I feel like you know we've been saying thank you, L Ray, for weeks now on the show, and uh, unfortunately we have to say it again. Thank you, El Ray.
0: El Ray, El Rey. You said El Ray
1: earlier, I think. Did I? It's it's actually Alex. So thanks, Alex.
0: Yeah, Alex. We could do that, or we could do Big E. You know, the Big E, the Big L. <laughs> I think you're onto something. Yeah, because I mean, otherwise we get Alex <laughs> confused with Alex himself. Oh, well, that's just it, right? We don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thanks, Big E. We appreciate your Big E energy and. uh we'll have a link to that. Just uh, that's a great example. But uh some of our first boosts, well, not our very first, but some of our boosts are actually about the website. Ask not what your podcast can boost for you, but what you can boost for your podcast. Oh, we got a we got a big boost. A couple of big boosts coming. You know what? Actually, I'm going to stop right here. <clears throat> stop the show for a second, you know, and just say uh we got some remarkable audience support via the boost and you know, what you'll see is there's a few core members of our audience who really are stepping up and supporting Office Hours. I'm blown away by some of that this week. So let's start with Optimus Gray, who sent in a row of Grandpa Ducks, 22,222
1: sats. Things are looking up for Old Duck duck.
0: Uh, so I love this. So Optimus drove for like 24 hours each way to come to the JPL tour. Crazy, And uh, also made it to the Pasadena meetup.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so on his way back, On his drive home, we got a series of boosts to my DZs. This is my first stop on the way home from the uh, Southern California meetup. With Brent making fun of me, and rightly so, I now have a list of favorite JB members. They are Wes, Alex, Mike, Chris. Wow.
1: These are in order of importance.
0: Bacon, Drew. Meow. His meow, not mine. (laughs) Jar Jar, Joe, Hayden, Levi, and then Brent. Wow. At the end. Brent can only move back up the list if he works on a toy drinking bird that can continue to touch Alex's chair over and over again. <laughs> I mean, that sounds like it's worth doing. Wow. Wonderful reference there. Uh, also, perhaps the California State Border Patrol asked you about fruit and vegetables because you had a Canadian with you. Hey, no. I had no problems coming from Nevada. I have always been asked at the border if I have fruit and veggies or produce or whatever. It's always been a thing. They've always done that. And I always think is that just like pretext for stopping me? Are they really, they set up these, all these border crossings at the state border just to stop every single person and ask them if they got fruit in their car. It's
1: just the weirdest maybe thing. Maybe they don't grow things in Nevada.
0: <laughs> oh, that could be it. There's no way you could be bringing any fruit or produce because right. Nevada ain't got nothing. Let's see. Wow. Look at you coming in with the shade. Fizzing. Optimus Gray comes in with a double grandpa duck boost.
1: Thank you kindly.
0: Okay. Maybe I was trolling Alex, Brent and Chris too much in my <laughs> last boost. <laughs> Sorry, Wes, but maybe next time I'll troll you. How I do like the idea. He was giving us a show name because this is something we need to to figure out now that we're back from the road trip. I do like the name Chat or Sats for a JB Extra sub channel like a brunch with Brent. I came up with four name replacements for office hours when I was driving home. Oh, it's 29 hours, not 24 hours. I had a lot of time to think. I'm going to check those names in the podcast index on DuckDuck and on YouTube, and I'll report back. Are you ready? (laughs) This is amazing. Optimus Gray then comes in with a third boost. Boost! With 20,480 sats. Here are the three show name ideas after visiting JPL. You ready
1: for these? I think so.
0: I think we should write these down. I feel like I don't want to lose track of these because we've got
1: to come up with a new show
0: name. We need to, you got a pen over there, Brentley? He's we need pulling
1: to, out a pad of paper.
0: Yeah, I need a pen. I, I, got, a, I got a marker.
1: Uh, I see nothing in my... All right, you ready? <clears throat> so, his first name suggestion... Mm-hmm. Is Eye
0: of Jupiter. Interesting. Not bad, right? He says uh it's kind of like the idea is what's JB looking at, looking for, looking towards. Hmm. Uh another one, orbit
1: of Jupiter. Uh uh-huh. so if you picture like a bunch of ideas and things and projects floating around.
0: Yeah, what's going on around JB is kind of like a okay. subtext. His next one is Io. Which is a moon of Jupiter. And of course, it's input output, which is kind of akin to like listener feedback and then output on the podcast. So, IO. So, oh, both because it's a moon and because we do a lot of input output with the audience in this show.
1: You know, I, I feel like a, that is my favorite one. It's short. But also, yeah, short is interesting. I also unfortunately feel like it might be the hardest to yeah. look for, which is the problem we're having right now.
0: Yeah, it, you could almost see like three. Three, less than three letters might be really hard for a lot of searching. I mean, it could be like Jupiter IO. Yeah. You know, the only problem with that is, and with all of these really, and it's my fault because I named the network this way. Oh, Chris. But doesn't it make you think of like, it should be like a space podcast about Jupiter? Isn't that what we talk about? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. You're right. Uh, (laughs) He says, I enjoyed the last meetup on this trip. Remember, a good system crashes. A good system crash means more content for podcasting. I guess that is the upside. A
1: system crash, not 12 system
0: crashes. Thank you thank you all right lurks a lot came in with a lot to share with elite set of sats office hours new name needs to have a space theme like the network (laughs) there you go (laughs)
1: that's
0: what i'm saying sold so jupiter base is his suggestion oh jupiter base what do you think of that i could i could live with base he also recommends jupiter production lounge a play on jpl (laughs) that's funny I can see that, too. I'm writing all these down, guys. I'm writing all these down. I'm going to look at these. I'm going to think on these after the show, because I really do want to come up with a better name and something that's unique to the show, I think. And kind of fun. He says also each location could have a spacey name. So Lady Jupes could actually be called Jupiter Station. So, you know, you're coming, to, coming in from Jupiter mm-hmm. Station,
1: mm-hmm. kind
0: of like a ground control to Major Brent. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Just got to have the right names to have fun. And then lurks a lot comes in with a triple boost. Wow! Is it really one hundred and thirty three thousand seven hundred sats? That's like a mega elite sat. That is impressive. It may be a typo, but thank you to our community too who's been sourcing the uh, boost clips on our GitHub. So he wanted to comment on how we have fun with like the elite sats thing, you know. And he says for me the childish elite elitism and macho thing. Is all tongue in cheek. It's just a fun, sarcastic joke and a poke at my own imposter syndrome tendencies. But it's fun to gamify these things as a form of self motivation. So, to that end, achievement unlocked. I have used Boost CLI. <laughs> wow. And done from my umbrella. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Good job, Lurks a Lot. That's impressive. Man, that is, tell me, Lurks a Lot. Isn't that sort of like, the ultimate technical unlock achievement. I mean, it really does. Doesn't it feel good? He says it's an achievement unlocked. I agree. I'm so proud of you. That is man.
1: It's like building Gentoo back in the day.
0: It is. It is. It's a lot like that. If it has that same kind of thing, you really learn how a lot of this works. And much like when I did that with Gentoo, I gained a whole new respect. Like that was truly what got me to understand and appreciate Linux was building Gentoo and Arch systems and learning how it actually worked compared to Windows. And then, I learned such a deep respect and appreciation for that system. And I feel like it's the same way when you do boost CLI. In some ways, I'm kind of envious of you, Lurks. That's just such a fun place to be again. So that's great. And you came in. Get ready for this, Brent. Are you ready for this? I think so. A quad boost from Sir Lurks a lot. (laughs) 101, 337 sats. Thank you for so very many things over the years. Most recently, I have been inspired by the NixOS challenge, the world of podcasting 2.0, Lightning and Bitcoin. Thanks for Dogfooding Matrix and Hugo. Thank you for your fuss and self-hosting advocacy and especially for fostering a real sense of community. Wow. You stop it. You're Lurch. blushing over there. Stop it. Jeez, that's too much. <laughs> thank you for the thank you for the support, you know, like we had some great support coming this week for this episode, and we really, really do appreciate it. And Brent's still on that split too. It's true. So he gets well, to uh, get home, right? Yeah. <laughs>
1: that sat
0: engine isn't gonna burn nothing. You know, we did we have talked about that on, on Love a little bit, but uh that was fun with the uh the sat steaks and mm-hmm. the groceries at the sats. Um the gas I mean, honestly, the better thing might be just a you know, like if you could just convert the stats to cash. But we didn't want to do that. That was the easy way that's out. Not, so that's not fun enough. Bit refill lets you buy Texaco and Chevron gas cards, which works as long as you're in the states. But once you enter uh, Scandinavia, hey, you man. guys, you don't have those,
1: right? You don't uh, have no, yeah, no. <laughs> I wonder if there's like a... we do have a shell. Like shell is is pretty common, yeah. and you have them here. So I wonder why if what? they sell shell cards
0: on BitRefill. Oh, we didn't look hard enough, did we'll we? We'll have to check. We'll have to check. Uh, then we got 10,000 sats from Orange Fox, who uh, I think might actually be Alex Gates.
1: Coming in hot
0: with oh. the booze. Using Breeze said, the worst thing about The Office TV fans is when they try to make Battlestar Galactica references without ever seeing BSG. <laughs> I agree. And this is this is the problem with the show name is everybody thinks it's an Office podcast, and right. then they're disappointed when they start listening, and it's not an it's not an Office podcast. Yeah, it's not not about the TV show. There are plenty. Oh my God, there are plenty of those. I never had any idea. So okay, we do definitely need a new name. There's just no doubt about it. We have uh, another boost that came in from True Grits with seventeen oh one the Enterprise Sats. Make it so. He said instead of making a side business off the new JB hosting platform. Maybe y'all should turn it into a Libre podcasting package. Interesting. Mm. And then Gene Bean was thinking along the same lines as another set of Elite Sats. Packaging the website bits up in a way other podcasters could consume while also being able to get updates would be awesome. You know, there's something to this. I think there's something to creating a platform that other podcasters could package up and use. And I don't know how far we take this, but I'm down to experiment with taking it further, especially if community members have ideas on how we could make it, I guess, more portable would be the word to use. And I know we need to have a good licensing conversation. We need to sort all that stuff out. But I think that's a direction we could take things, especially once we think we have it in a pretty feature complete state. And then maybe later on as we develop a way to generate RSS feeds, uh, that's something we could share too. And Um, ultimately, you know, I think we have to remember the RSS feed is our radio signal. That's our broadcast tower. The website is an endpoint. And so I think if we created a system that where the two work together somehow, you know, you, you put some of this information in the RSS feed and it automatically populates the website and the website is, is also one of the end consumers of that RSS feed. So the source of truth is the RSS feed. I think that'd be incredibly powerful. Really interesting and very useful for other podcasters because all then they would have to do is point that website consumption, whatever it is, endpoint, at their RSS feed and it would just pull it in and begin to build their, you know, Hugo-based website for them. That'd be my idea.
1: You know, that gets me thinking. I I was originally going to say, oh, well, we haven't really heard of others out there outside of the JB community really latching on to the project that we're building here. But then that got me thinking, well... Maybe we haven't described what it actually does well enough. You know, if you're right. If you're well, so far JB it's been Circles. described as a website for us. Well, that's it.
0: But if you change what content it's looking at Very and you change out the logos, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, I wouldn't be a fan. My main thing, one of the main things that was nice about getting away from Fireside is every Fireside page looks alike. So that would be one downside is if all of the websites just looked alike again. But the upside would be a big improvement for the listeners. and. Also something that's podcasting 2.0 compatible and forward facing. I had a call this morning before the show with an individual named Matt who is working on a Fireside competitor and Fireside side note, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. Yeah. Fireside.fm. It's a pretty great podcasting hosting platform, but a little bit slow on the features and what these guys want to do is come along with the same idea, a CMS, a front end website, back-end CDN infrastructure, but all in on podcasting 2.0. So that's what their competitive advantage is going to be, is they're they're all the podcasting 2.0 stuff out of the box, they're hoping. It's funny, this
1: is probably what you wanted like
0: six months ago. A year maybe right? even. Yeah, yeah, it would have been nice. But yeah. Uh, but I don't know if I'd want to go back. Like no, the, What we have
1: now is so much more powerful, so much better for us. Well, and better than actually we had envisioned at first. Yeah, even. Yeah, and, yeah. and there are some features that I think we're going to come up with in the next month or two. Yeah that we've been wanting for a long time and that are actually going to be pretty awesome.
0: And it's made things like transitioning to peer tube smoother. It's, it's going to make transitioning to having our own RSS feeds smoother. I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's going to pay off down the road for stuff we're not even doing yet. Yeah. I completely completes agrees. Uh, and then true grits came back in with a dubs boost again. Let's give him a little bit of a tudding. 1701 sats. Oh, so he also gets the Trek boost. You're doing a good job. He says, I wish there was a more granular way in Fountain FM to determine which podcasts I earn sats on and which ones I spend sats on. I would throw all of my earnings on podcasts that don't support lightning and boosts, but then turn off earnings for the podcasts that do. I don't feel like I really earn the sats when they're just getting streamed right back out. Also, do you guys know if the streaming counts towards your flow? I haven't been able to determine that. So this is a great set of questions, Grits, and Fountain FM has this feature now where when you're listening to podcasts, they stream stats to you, and they just recently tweaked the way you earn those stats, and they've made it a lot simpler and clearer, and I'll have a link to their explanation in the show notes, but just really briefly, you now get paid in Fountain for your first hour of daily podcast listening. The earning rate changes every day for each user, and it's random. Some days you might earn a little, but on some days you'll earn a lot. You no longer need to support podcasts or create clips in order to continue earning or to earn more. So the flow idea is kind of out. Wow! There are no changes in the way promotions or regular clips work. That change was done in Fountain 4.9. And as we record on Wednesday, October 11th, 2022, 5.2 just came out. They've added a lot of stuff. Auto queue support, which was one of the number one features I heard from the audience, CarPlay and Android Auto has also been added, as well as some bug fixes, performance improvements, some UI cleanup. The way the clips work is a little bit better now. I gotta say, I'm really liking Fountain. I I I want I want Podverse to be my daily driver because it is the GPL one. But man, the stuff they keep doing in Fountain just keeps bringing me back. I love the clips because I spent time following different people, and so now in Fountain. One of the things that I just love is if I've got a few minutes I'm burning, like maybe I'm doing a quick chore or something, I just go to the clips page and I just hit play and I just listen through my clips and I find new podcasts. Hey, look at that. Somebody clipped coder. I didn't even know that,
1: but there's a coder clip right there. How great is that? (laughs) See, this is the joy that you bring, Chris.
0: (laughs) I just, so, I mean, the folks at Fountain are doing such great work. The folks at Podverse are doing such great work too. We're just spoiled in podcasting 2.0. So Grits, go give that post a read just so you can kind of wrap your head around it. If anything, they're making it easier now. So uh, hopefully you might see on some days a slower earn rate, but it's just going to be a simpler way. You just essentially listen. And I mean, the way I basically worked it out one time, it's like a sat a minute or something I was getting. So it's slower than it used to be, but
1: not so bad. Do you think that's tricky for those who've been... Trying to really dive into the system and earn things because it almost feels like it's the second change almost this month that they've made to this earning system. So do you, do you think they're just trying things to figure it out or? or? Yeah, they're the first to ever do something like this. And
0: I think it does take a lot of work to make sure it doesn't get gamed and scammed. And so I think they've been sorting out like, and make it clear enough too, so people set the right expectations and don't get upset. I think you got to tweak all of that. The idea is kind of compelling. So the sats come from people who buy promoted clips. And in the UI, when you open up Fountain, it brings you to a clips page first. And generally, there are eight clips in the UI. The first two are clearly labeled. They're a different color. And those are the promoted clips. Everything else isn't. Everything else is community generated. But those two promoted clips at the top are where the sats come from. That's where the sats that you're getting streamed to you when you're listening, that's where they come from. And then what Grits is asking is, well, if I stream those back to the podcaster, like, what's the point? The point is, is you can control the flow rate back to the podcaster. And you could preload your wallet and the streaming you're getting from Founder could just kind of be a supplement. You know, you're getting a little kickback. <laughs> I think it's a neat system, but it is definitely early days still. And then True Grits gets our very last boost of the episode. <laughs> With 4,040 sats. He says, you guys told me not to clip and drive last episode, which I agree, I don't actually do. However, I do most of my podcast listening on the road. By the time I get to my destination, I have forgotten what the clippable moment is, or I don't have time to do it. It would be nice if there was a way, as the listener, to drop a marker on a podcast and come back to it later, like a user-set chapter marker of
1: sorts. Fabulous idea.
0: It is, man, because I have the same problem. I want to make clips of different podcasts all the time. I've got a lot of people following me on fountain now. So I kind of want to like, you know, give them something. And I, I never ever remember what it was. I wanted to clip when I get home or get to my destination. It's a huge problem, but I also don't want to like tap out a big old note. Like audible has this feature where you can like kind of bookmark
1: and leave a note, but you're tapping out like a whole note to yourself. Well, that's not safe. (laughs) Yeah, but a little button that just drops like a, yeah. a flag or something like yeah. that is a great idea. I think Fountain should think about that, like a little marker right there. Uh, we
0: also got, how, what do you th- how do you think this uh, last one on the thank yous here goes there, Brent? How would you pronounce that last one there? Is it JLT? My old man vision is... JLT Gordon? Yeah, is that what it is? I'm zooming, but then I lost my place in the dock because I had to zoom in so I could <laughs> read it. Yeah, we got 4,300 sats from JLT. Thank you, JLT. And we got... 500 sats from Rustic Versa just to send a meow to editor Drew. I feel like there's a relationship starting there. It's adorable. (laughs) Yeah, it's really neat. You know, a friendship built out of meows, I guess. (laughs) Um, We didn't have a lot of different boosters, but the boosters who supported us this week really, really stepped up. I don't know if we're going to see that next episode, so if you've been thinking about sending a boost in, getting a comment in, it would be a great week because it just takes someone like you to support us. Anybody out there listening could go to newpodcastapps.com. Grab a new podcast app, one that's podcasting Twitter compatible, become part of this new movement, the edge of podcasting technology, the real leading edge, exciting community driven stuff, not the stuff that's driven by Spotify. I don't know if you saw this, Brent, but Spotify just announced that they just bought a content scanning company that specializes in scanning podcasts, spoken word content and finding offensive violations and automatically flagging them. Spotify just bought that company. They're going to probably integrate that into the platform. It's just going to be
1: great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what we've always wanted.
0: Yeah. I just are so, so looking forward to that now you know we're gonna we always get letters from youtube after we do a live stream now i'm they also gonna us. i'm gonna be getting letters emails from spotify now oh, tell of me about course. all this yeah oh no it's gonna be part of the whole routine <laughs> Oh,
1: geez.
0: you know it's just a ridiculous direction podcasting needs to stay healthy it needs to stay decentralized so you can do that by becoming a member at jupiter.party you get all of the network shows ad free or you can send a boost into the show and you can support every single episode as you see fit newpodcastapps.com we have a lot more projects coming up including the things we talked about with the website our new rss feeds and all of it and a new name for the show which we're gonna have to do sooner than later because it's just getting to me is it it's getting to me so it's all coming up so don't go anywhere don't don't uh don't be a stranger you know every other tuesday it's easy unless brent's traveling then we're gonna have to have ai brent in here i mean i'm okay with that yeah i mean we'll see how it goes right Every other Tuesday, the office door is open to you. It's over at jupiter.tube, noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern. Also have it at jupiterbroadcasting.com slash calendar. So you can just get in your local time zone. But when it's not Tuesday, every other Tuesday at noon or 3 p.m., then you got to get out of here. The office door is not open. (laughs) I got work to do. I got to take a nap. Thanks for joining us. See you next time.